Welcome to episode one of BK to UK, the Brooklyn Nets podcast from a British point of view. I'm your host, Matt, from UK Nets fans, and today I'm bringing you my conversation with Nathan, aka the Boston Brit, about the NBA season resuming in a bubble, the Nets and Celtics matchup, and our combined starting fives. Please take a second to rate and review and subscribe and just to share with your mates. Uh, But without any further ado, let's jump in. For those of you who don't know, I am joined by graphic designer, video graphic creator, Twitch streamer, um, 2K UK GM, and most importantly, Boston Brit. Naif, how you doing? I am very good, mate. I'm very good. Appreciate you uh, letting me come on. Yeah, no problem, mate. No problem. I just thought, you know, I got to start at the top. You got to, you got to go big game hunting, didn't you? You got to get, you got to get the big names in first, right? <laughs> I bet some of the other guys in the community would be like, "Hang on a minute, what's going on here?" <laughs> That's it. Right. So, without further ado, um, I thought what we would do now that sort of the NBA is coming back and stuff like that we might have a little bit of a chat about what we might kind of expect and just remind ourselves about what sort of happened in the um in the last season because it feels it's been a hundred days since the nba shut down feels like an absolute age i'm not gonna lie i can't even remember the last play or anything like that at the celtics i can't remember it it's nuts so, so our, our last game was against the Lakers. I was like, was that like, yeah, it must have been like three or four weeks ago. But yeah, a hundred days ago. That's, it's nuts, right? So what, what have you been doing to fill your time? Well, to be honest, I've been doing, obviously, I've been doing the podcast, um, being, just doing some graphics, just kind of keeping myself, yeah, just busy in a sense, you know, doing the 2K Fantasy with, you know, G-Shack and the other guys. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty fun. Wicked. Man. Good stuff. Yeah, I know you're a very, very busy man. It looks like, but I, I mean, don't know how you fit it all in. I don't. I don't. I don't stop really. The, the issue, <laughs> I'm back to my day job now. So oh, okay, kind of wanting to do basketball stuff still, but yeah. not really having, not really being allowed to. But you've got to keep the lights on, yeah. You got to keep the lights on. Right. So. Let's get back to it. So, as we left the season, the Celtics stood at 43-21, and 21, which is good for the third in the East. Was that sort of about where you expected you guys would uh, sort of end the season going into this season? Why did you think you'd kind of perform? Now, so at the start of the season, I'll be brutally honest, you know, I went on NBC with, with Carlin Scow on our first home game out in Boston. I went uh, to um, against Toronto and I said to them, they said, oh, who, who's got to step up and all this? Where do you see us? Um, coming and to be honest I didn't really know like the, the the thing is like last for the last two seasons uh, the Celtics we've had high expectations for that for our team you know the team was stacked from top to bottom um, and it, it was meant to be a banner 100% like there's no Celtics fan out there and I don't think there's many NBA fans out there that would you know what I mean kind of argue that point that the Celtics were up there with that with that previously um, mm. And then this year, you know, we didn't know what Jalen Brown was going to do. We paid him. And performances last year, we were just like, well, is he going to step up? Is he just going to maintain what he's been doing? Because if he had maintained what he was doing, that was probably going to be one of the, the toughest decisions that Danny Ainge made. Fans would be like, what, what are you doing? Um, but 
I would say I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm more than happy with where we are. Um, I think the East is wide open. Obviously, you've got the Bucks that are sitting pretty, but I mean, in, in reality, especially with the season coming back now, I think 100%. But yeah, I mean, I answer your, to your question. I would say I'm happy with what we've done this season. Definitely. Yeah, nice. I think sort of, I'm very much the same. I, I had, going into the season, I had Boston sort of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, that's Really, exactly. sort of, I think a lot of people thought that Toronto would probably be a bit of a, was just a bit of a fluke and Kawhi had just kind of put them on their shoulders and this season they'd kind of just be irrelevant again. But yeah, I thought Boston had all the pieces to make some noise. So I think, I think third's probably about right. That's what I, I think anyway. To be honest, I would say so. I'd say like, no, mm. absolute powerhouse. Yeah. Argue with what they've done. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I would say third, but I would say that for a Celtics fan um, and the pressure that the Boston fan base put on its team, I'd say anything less than the Eastern Conference Finals is a failure. That's in any season. Really? Christ, that's, that's real. I had, a, um, so I had a conversation with Mark D'Amico and, you know, and whenever they have conversations, uh, he said that whenever they have conversations within the organisation, they always talk about a banner. They always talk about the NBA Finals. They never talk about making it to the playoffs. Like Orlando, someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at Orlando already. <laughs> like, they, never, they never talk. Like they, Celtics always talk about a banner. Always. Yeah. But for us, hey. conference finals at least, I think that's a failure. And you, you guys don't hang up, you know, division banners up in the rafters at the Garden of the Air. You're, it's just championship banners or bust, isn't it, really? Well, it's championship banners. And we seem to, uh, we seem to love to retire a jersey as well. <laughs> They all, they all. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Once you, it's a pretty storied franchise, so once you've set that precedent, there's a lot of great players that can come and meet that. So it's, it's a nice problem to have, but yeah, you're going to start running out of numbers. You're going to have to start going triple digits, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to run out of room, I think. We're going to have to start <laughs> banners if we keep retiring. <laughs> end up being like number 88. And that's, <laughs> that's it. So, don't mean to brag, Nave. But the, the Nets and the Celtics have played three times this year. The Nets have won two of those games. Yeah. So, the, and the most recent one was in quite, li- in quite recent memory, at least for, for Nets fans anyway. And it was that overtime comeback, um, Karis LeVert going for 50. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that game? Are you, have you tried to erase it from your mind? What are your, what are your memories from that game? What I will say, right, what I will say is that Brooklyn, I've always to be about. I want to say because I'm on a Brooklyn thing, but I, I have. Do you mean I've got nothing against Brooklyn? I like Brooklyn. You know, obviously you have you have Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett at the Nets as well, so there's a little bit of love there. Um, <laughs> but that game specifically, all I remember is Karis Levert. I just remember that like 50 point game, and it was, it was, you came back from nine, was it 19 points? Was it 19 or 20? Yeah, um, yeah, we were we were down. You were you were down like <laughs> watching it. I thought. Well, they're, they're down out here. Like, it doesn't matter. We're just gonna I'm just gonna cruise it now. And then you just came back. And to be fair, we had a similar game against the Rockets. And I know, mm-hmm. given that feeling that the Rockets fans must have had when we beat them, uh, like twenty five points. And yeah, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy because it seems that like we were we were down so much, and it seemed that our 
from like a Nets point of view, it was just like Kenny Atkinson, who, you know, tip sip, no longer our, our head coach. Um, he just sort of just white flag and we just put out the last end of the bench and we, we got a point guard by the name of Chris Chioza, who is probably isn't that far known outside the net circles, but he absolutely lit it up and he was just finding everyone. So he was amazing. So it was a real good team performance. But one note I have got down here is I'm not, I, you might remember the play is, I think it was Marcus Smart had, he got, he committed the foul right at the end of the, the regulation to send it to overtime. And yeah. he gave Karis Levert three shots at the, at the free throw line. Yeah. And I think that, that's what kind of made me think about Karis Levert the most of just having a brass set of nuts because making those three to force it into overtime in a, in a hostile, in the nicest possible way, a hostile, noisy, rowdy TV garden is, uh, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I mean that in nothing but glowing terms because that's, you know, that's a fan base that anyone would be proud to have, having that much noise. So, so yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, but it, was, it was a great game. And I mean, like, I had a, I had a look um, earlier, actually, just sort of random stat, you know, like we've played each other 199 times, right? And uh, you've won 69 and we've won 130. So, I mean, we're still. We're still we're still going to take that on aggregate you're all right <laughs> that's, that's cool that's good that's mint that's a that's a nice little stat so obviously we've, we have, we're set to play each other when the bubble resumes so it's a silly question but where do you see that game going I, to be honest right i actually i actually don't know i mean you, you haven't got Kyrie, um which went no now when i'm talking about that guy in a minute but um <laughs> you, might, you might pop up <laughs> You haven't got KD either, so I mean, but you've done considerably well considering you haven't got your two best players. Like Dinwiddie has been awesome this year, Lever. Mm. You know, like I mean, like you've you've got a good team. So I think um, that game it's gonna be it's gonna be. A, I think it'd just be close. I mean, the Celtics have got some tough games anyway. Like it's it's hard to predict what's gonna happen because mm. do you treat it? As a fan, do you treat it as like, oh, it's the off season, and then do you treat it as that? Do you know what I mean? And they're coming back. Yeah. You want to call it that? Yeah, it's like summer league. Yeah, exactly. But everyone's everyone's going to be rested. Everyone's going to be healthy. That is healthy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's going to be, arguably. I think it'd be one of the most exciting playoffs. Weird, but the most exciting playoffs that we've seen in a little while. I think. I think so. It's just, it's like you're right because no one's got any momentum. I think everyone's going to be chomping at the bit ready to go. It's just going to be, I don't know, it's just so wide open to court. It's going to be absolutely impossible. Especially the East. The East is wide open, I think. I think yeah. we had that momentum like heavy. But um, the one team, I mean, the one, one team that I will watch, I mean, you need to, we need to watch out for, I suppose, is, is Milwaukee and Toronto. I think they, they are going to be they're going to be the two which could do some damage. I mean, I'm not, mm. I'm not going to talk about Philadelphia. Like, Philadelphia are irrelevant. So. Who? Philly who? Nah. Like, there's no point talking about the other New York team because I don't even know where they are. Who are they? Like, yeah, oh, they're not invited, mate. They didn't make it to Disneyland. They can't come. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, no, in all seriousness, I think it's going to be pretty exciting, this, this, this playoff anyway, this set of games. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be buzzing. I can't wait. Um, so I've got a bit of a confession to make. I'm a bit of a Nets homer, a bit of a Nets stan. I don't 
pay attention to the wider NBA as much as I should. So obviously it seems like Jason Tatum has taken a massive leap forward. Um, do you think there's any, what sort of things has he got better at than he, than he does in previous years? And, and why do you think that is? What can you kind of attribute that to? I think, to be honest, the main thing is just experience. You know, he's been around, he's been around, you know, the guys like Kyrie and that previously. He's been through that uh, toxic period and he's come at the end of it where, you know, Boston, basically that is his team now. Like, the city is all on Jason Tatum's shoulders. Like, that. that is how, I don't know if that's how he sees it, but that's how, you know, I mean, the media portray it and how us fans feel in terms of, you know, his his ceiling is is ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, he's got a lot better since doing his workouts with Kobe. Now, mm. that he changed. He didn't do that last last season. He he did it this off season, um, and worked with Kobe closely. And then you know he started off the season picking up momentum, and then he was an absolute beast. Like I don't think any of us ever expected him to get to that level quickly as he did. Um, but I he do, sort of yeah. I'm sorry, Karen. Yeah, his or his the one thing he has improved on his footwork for, for a guy of his size what he's like six seven six eight i think um yeah his footwork's ridiculous you know his his game his vision um the way he reads the game and just his shooting as well his shooting's improved massively he used to the one thing that the celtics have done this year is that brad's kind of drilled into them the fact that you know just take good shots last season and the season before we were taking so many bad shots so many heavily contested shots we weren't keeping hold of the ball. We weren't moving it around. And it's, it was ridiculous. Like, I put a post up the other day on my Instagram of probably one of the, the best team goals that I've seen, uh, team baskets, sorry, that I've seen um, in the last you know, couple of seasons where it just it zinged. It was ping, 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 ping. And then Ennis Cantor finished it um, underneath the basket. And it's stuff like that, which I think as well, it helps that he's got Kemba. It helps that Jalen Brown is stepped up. It helps that he's got Gordon. You know, it's. I think, I think the teams helped him, um, and the fact that they're, you know, the, you've got a guy like Kemba who doesn't necessarily want to be a leader. He wants to be a team player, so he will mm. give Tatum that spotlight. He will give Jalen that spotlight, and I think that's probably the biggest difference. Is probably the team chemistry, which has helped Jason, and just his consistency workload i mean he's, he works constantly always seeing videos on my instagram and twitter and always putting in work and stuff so i think you know he's i have said this right and i've said that i will wear a lakers jersey if it doesn't happen so i have said that jason tatum will be an mvp in the next four years that's big that's that's confidence that's backing your man that is that's more than backing that's, that's <laughs> i have to put on a bloody Celtics jersey. Oh, no, late, um, uh, yeah, that's. G said he's ordered it. It's disgusting. It's, I mean, it's not. <laughs> good stuff. Well, that's yeah. I got uh, you. Got you. Go. You got a backy guy. That's good. That's good stuff. Thanks for that. So, so obviously, yeah. I think Jason Tatum's kind of ascendancy took. It feels like it took kind of everyone a bit off guard. Like everyone kind of knew he was good, but that like how big a step he took forward and how kind of consistent he kept up that was that seemed to kind of catch everyone a bit unawares which you know which is awesome for you guys so he's he's the guy that's kind of really taken a step forward 
who has been kind of under the radar? Who's been kind of scrapping away and really contributing to the Celtics that we, doesn't really get the plaudits they deserve that kind of we need to be looking out for as the NBA resumes? Okay, well, to be honest, there's, I, I would say there's three players. Now, we, the Celtics don't have a dominant centre. But what Daniel Tice has done this year for, for, for the Celtics has been incredible. Um, he has put up some massive games, huge games. And the fact that, um, you know, like I said, we don't have a dominant centre. Like we've got Ennis Cantor and, 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 and Tice, but we don't have that, you know, we don't have that Stephen Adams or, you know, that prowess of just... Big lump. Exactly, a big lump. We don't have So what Daniel Tice has done, and he's putting up some good numbers as well, defensively. Um, so I would definitely say him. The next, I would say, always, always like, he's been like it since he's come back from his injury, but Gordon Hayward. Um, he is a facilitator. Like, he goes under the radar because of uh, Kemba, Jason and Jalen. Like, he doesn't get necessarily the recognition of what he does. Um, you know I mean? He creates open looks. He, he draws out defenders. Like, he, he, he basically gets Jalen and Jason into their position so they can make easy buckets. And he does that. I, and to be fair, I've had, we had this conversation, I had a conversation with him and he, he said that, you know, um, he just gets thrown around. The, the, the best thing about this team is that anyone plays anywhere. Mm. So, you know what I mean, like Marcus will drop into point guard sometimes. Jay, um, Gordon will go between small forward and power forward. Like it's anyone can play anywhere. And, you know, I think what Gordon contributes to the team and what he has done this year. Without it, I don't think we'd be in the position that we are. Yeah, it's almost like you kind of, it almost changes play by play, doesn't it? It's like, and that can just play havoc on defensive sort of matchups and stuff like that and switches and stuff like that. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah, it feels, it feels like Gordon Hayward, like there's no one that doesn't like Gordon Hayward. I think he's just such a, been dealt such a shit hand with injuries and stuff. Everyone's just gagging for him to sort of put a put a bit of a run of form together and just just stay healthy because he, he is really he is that good. But yeah, he does. He feels like the Ringo of the Celtics a bit. Just that the fourth guy that yeah. doesn't really talk about, but vital. Exactly. He he's always there and he'll always put in a shift. And you mm -hmm. know, he's he's a great playmaker. Is what I would say. He's a great playmaker mm -hmm. and he's good for no. mid range. Do you know what I mean? He's not, he's no slouch when it comes to um, his shooting either. So, nice. but yeah, I mean, like the other, and the last one I would say is Jalen Brown. And what he was performances like last year, he was averaging like, must have been like 10 points a game, something like that. And now he's up to like 20 points, just under, I think. Um, so just going from that leap um, in himself and the chemistry between him and Jason, um, it kind of has got that, feel of KG and Paul Pierce to us fans anyway in terms of nice it, to, to, do you know what I mean in terms of it's kind of it's hard to explain because they're completely different yeah right. yeah I get what you mean but just that tandem yeah it's just that kind of like oh we need a we, we need a basket who are we going to Jane and Jason do you know what I mean it's that kind of and it's the same with KG and Paul Pierce it's like who are you going to throw out on the three obviously Ray Allen's a different different story but but you, you know what I mean you'll always want to your best guys and mm. kind of got that that vibe about them. and you know us Celtics fans love that so just that X factor that kind of intangibles I think that kind of that X factor then nice so um so getting back to the bubble you are set to face like you said earlier you got a pretty tough run in 
Um, you've got the Bucks, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Nets, uh, the Wizards again, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and the Heat, which is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you see your? What do you see that record going? Um, the last eight games. I think it's good to have the Bucks first. I'm not gonna lie. I think mm. Bucks in the first game is gonna help because um, you know both gonna have ring rust if you want to call it that. So. I think having them first is probably the best. I reckon we could get something out of that. I really do. Um, what? I mean, it's tough. The Wizards, the, the, no, the Wizards, are, well, so we've got at least, we've got at least two Ws there. <laughs> I think against you, it'd be tough. It's going to be a tough matchup, but um, I don't know which way that one will swing because if you look at our previous records against each other, it's always like, just a coin toss in it it's like 2-1 or like we've both won a game a couple of games each it's just yeah it's a bit of a weird one so yeah that one to be I can't really predict that one to be honest I'd like to say that Boston will win so mm. um, I think I think we'll beat Miami and the Grizzlies I think it'll just be the Raptors and like I said like the Bucks like the Raptors and the Bucks are the two which I would feel most uncomfortable with Followed mm. by, but I think everyone else would be fine so, you, so you're, you're, you're taking a five and a three? I would, I would say a five, a reluctant five and a three, but it could be a six and a two. <laughs> nice. That's cool. I mean, it, it won't shock you to, to find out that I had you going four and four because the Nets might take that other game. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's going to be a good one. No, it is. It's wicked. Really, really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be nuts, especially without any fans. Like... Obviously, with Boston being so loud and stuff like that, you know that how much that kind of plays into a team's performance. Like, you know, it's just going to be super easy, to see, like super weird to see. I can't wait. Um, so I did give you a little bit of homework to, to go away and do. This is a bit of fun. So if you could put together a joint combined starting five and a sixth man from the current Nets roster and the current Celtics roster... Who are you picking? I thought, should we do this together? Should we do this together? We, yeah, we can do this together. Yeah, I, I got mine. We'll start at the one. We'll start at the one. Yes, uh, sir. Now, it depends which kind of system you want to play. I mean, are we going on this season? Are we going on the performances this season? Or is it just... I'm going... Uh, yeah, I've gone, I've gone this season. So I, I don't have KD in my team. So I'm going this season. Okay, you go. Okay, well, all right then. Um, if you have, that's cool. But like, yeah, that's just... That's how I went. Say, say if both rosters are injury free, we'll say that, shall we? Yeah, yeah, I love that. At at the one, I would take. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to take Kemba just because of the playmaker he is. I do want to take Kemba, but Dim Whitty. Sorry, there's a dog next door. He's going mental. But, Mate, um, mine's scratching here. Do my then. I put your dog. He's barking at me as well. <laughs> But I would say, um, yeah, like obviously Dinwiddie's been amazing for you guys this year. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll go, we'll go Dinwiddie. We'll go nice. Dinwiddie. If obviously I can't put Kyrie in there, and I refuse to put Kyrie. In there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. See, I can't understand why. <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, right? I think Boston fans. The only reason they have a strong dislike for Kyrie is because he came out in front of TD and said he was staying. 
And I think because of his attitude towards the team as well, that's the last place you want to, you know what I mean? You, you want to yeah. have an attitude. So I think, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. He is the, he is the, actually, I'll tell you what, we're going to, I'm going to go with Kyrie as my point guard only because he is arguably a top five in the league or top three, I would say. Mm. In my top three in the league for point guard. So we'll go with Kyrie at the one. Nice. That's, that's decent. I was not expecting that, but that's that's real good. That I like that. That's good stuff. We'll go with Kyrie at the one. Relax. Yeah. Um, we will then at the two. The two is difficult because Jalen has played amazing this year, and Levert has also played really well for you. So. No, I'm going to take JB. I'm going to take JB on that one. Okay, okay. At the three... At the three, it's got to be JB. I think I can't go anywhere different. Um, at the four. Who do you think for the four? Now, the four, I was, I was stuck on the fourth earlier. See, I've gone a little bit different. So I've got Jason Tatum at the four. Okay. So... Obviously, just going back to how you guys can, they can kind of go all over wherever they want. So I'm, I'm playing a little bit smaller. We, I mean, our, we've got Tori and Prince starting at the four, man. Like, and then we've got Wilson Chandler coming off the bench. And as much as I love them to death, that's not, you know, that's, that, that needs addressing. <laughs> but so, um, yeah, I've got, I've got Jason Tatum coming in with four. Um, but I've got Joe Harris at the three just for some cutting and dead-eye shooting. Okay. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that then. Okay, we'll do that. Nice. Uh, we'll go with that. And then, to be fair, at centre, at the, at the five, or six, I'll tell you what, we'll do sixth man straight away, Marcus Smart. You can't okay. take Marcus Smart at the sixth man. The guy, <laughs> ultimate, people are going to argue about that, but he's the ultimate sixth man. The defence is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Marcus at the sixth, definitely. Um, the fifth, well, like I said, like Daniel Tice has had an amazing. Um, uh, I don't know, it's a tough one because you've got um, Jordan as well, haven't you? Tough one, man. Tough Tricky, one. isn't it? Because there's no, there's no, out of like our starting and backup centers, there's no one who's like miles above the others. So it's real tricky. Just depends on how you want to play basketball that day, I think. I think for athleticism in terms of being able to get up and down the court quickly, being able to shoot as well. I really want to go with Tice. I really do. I mean, he's so underrated. But I, I'm going to go with Daniel Tice. Nice. That's cool. That's a, that's, a, that's a strong team. So my, mine's not a million miles away, right? So let me run you through mine. Okay. So I've, I've got Kyrie starting at the one. That's not going to shock anyone, exactly like you said. Um, however, soon up next to him as a shooting guard, I've got Marcus Smart starting. Because he's just because Kyrie has no defense. He doesn't want to, like, so just in, just, in a, just in balance, I've just got those two. I think they, they're going to work quite well. Kyrie can just go off and drop, drop buckets. Marcus Smart can mop everything up on the other side. 
Um, so as mentioned, uh, my three and four were Joe Harris, just to spread the floor, and you can just obviously one of the NBA best shooters, and I could get a bit of shooting. Um, and Jason Tatum at the four. Yep. So I I undenard with my center, but I have gone with Jarrett Allen um, just because he's a little bit nippier um, than DeAndre. Um, he doesn't give us any shooting, which I know Daniel Tice is going to give us more shooting than, than J.A., but I just think, because we've got that with Harris, I think, I don't know, and I think Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Allen would look nice in the, in the green. I think uh, For some reason, I'm going to hate myself for this, but I imagined everyone playing in the green, and I don't know why. I'll say what, that team is not putting on to fair, although I'm not gonna lie, your 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 biggie jerseys, I do like that. So pretty tasty, isn't they? Nice, but nothing can beat the you know the the, the shamrock and the shamrock green. It can't pretty decent. So, so for my sixth one, so coming off the bench is Spencer Dinwiddie for the exact reason you said about Marcus Smart. He's just the ultimate sixth man. Obviously, with Kyrie going down, um, he's had to just get stuck into that starting role. Uh, but yeah, I had to have Spencer coming in and just, he, he could start at the point guard for, I'd say, probably 70% of the league. Mm. Um, so to have him be able to come off the bench and sort of orchestrate our second unit is, is amazing. And, you know, when everyone's fully fit and firing, I think him coming off, off the bench is going to be crazy. Well, so that's, that's me. He's done exactly the same thing as what Terry Rozier did for us. Mm. Um, you know, when when we didn't have Kyrie, <laughs> he, yeah. he and turned up in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. Season. So hopefully, I, to be fair, I hope I hope Dinwiddie. I, I like him as a player. He's a really mm. good hope that he continues that form because I think eventually he'll end up getting a starting position somewhere. Mm. I think so. I mean, I think like with my tinfoil hat on, I think KD and Kyrie are like they've got a couple of years in Brooklyn, but. I'm not married to the fact that they're going to stay here forever. They might, they might go off and go do something else, and then Dinwiddie's still here, so he might just kind of. Yeah, I think KD. The issue is right. So, like, there's a lot of reasons why Kyrie came back to Brooklyn. Um, mm. You know, family are from New York, aren't they? And you know, his daughter there as well. So that that was one of the main reasons why he go back to to New York. So um, I think, I believe he's going to be unless something dramatic, unless you do a Knicks where you just turn to absolute rubbish, then, I mean, I think he's going to, I think he, you're going to get both of them for a while. I do, I do yeah. think so. Um, and I think you'll end up gaining another one, you'll gain another asset along the line. I do. Because KD, nice. he, when he's healthy, oh, do you know what I mean? He, for me, he is the, you know, he's the third best player in the league. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's unstoppable. He's unstoppable third best player in the league definitely yeah it's yeah if this this team fully fit is a is a problem i think and that's like they're such it's like they're a real good and they're a real good 2k team at the moment and that's 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 what i'm hoping to emulate next year but um we shall see um i read some good stats because the guy's not played he's not played all season what's going on we can't we can't give him can't be out but those those twenty games, mate, he's been absolutely mint. <laughs> he's he's had two fifty point games in twenty in twenty games, so you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, to be fair, I will I will give you 
I would give Kyrie the the absolute minimum amount of respect that I can give him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actively root against him. You're just neutral. That's fine. I love that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, that's why I've now replaced my Kyrie jersey that was in the frame. It's currently in the back of the wardrobe, tucked under some dusty old shirt. So <laughs> that's not right. That's cool. So that's it. I did reach out to. Um, some other people. Um, I put out the chat to see if there's any questions. So if it's okay with you, uh, we'll go through some of those. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're listening right now, please drop them in the comments, and I'll do my best to kind of to spot them out as I see them. Um, but a very, very quick one from Tinder Masala: Kyrie or Kemba? Kemba. What a name! What is that? A Twitter name? Yeah. That, Insta. Insta. Shout out to that! What a hell of a name that is. I know. It's so good. Uh, it's one of those that's annoying you didn't think of it. But yeah, Tinder Masala. <laughs> I'm going Canberra all day on that one. Nice. Just a bit very selfless team. You're more, yep. more interested in that kind of... What you need at the point. And Canberra uh, gives you that. So. Nice. Fair enough. That's all good. Um, Ginger Shack, the man that is. Thank you very much, Sorry, I've seen you in here. If it meant Boston would win a chip, would you take Kyrie back? What an awful question, G-Shack. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, right? I want to win a chip so bad. But at mm. the same time, I can jeopardize this team's chemistry. This team's chemistry is incredible. It's the best that I've seen probably since, you know, uh, IT and then previously with Paul Pierce and KG. So I would say, no, I am not taking no. I mean, for a one, for a one chip, it's not going to happen. So. Interesting. <laughs> Insert evil laugh from Ginger Shack. That's nice. Uh, another one, he, he double dipped and, and put in two. Would you swap Tatum and Kemba for KD and Dinwiddie? No. No. KD. KD and Dinwiddie. I say KD is the third best player in the league, right? When he's fit and healthy. Yeah. Think how young Jason Tatum is. Think how much time he's got to get into a position like I said he's going to be the number one player in the league in like four or five years I can promise you LeBron would have retired he would have been an old grandpa <laughs> you've pushed it to five now you did say four now you're four five stay with four but no <laughs> giving yourself that wiggle room I mean like I said no I don't think I would I wouldn't I can't I mean I, I can't I can't trade Jason and Kemp I can't do it it's not going to okay, happen anyway. love that love that dedication <laughs> that's wicked um, so this one's a bit left field uh, from Martin Halesley who I know um, roots for the other team across the bridge in New York that Manhattan team I don't know I don't know they're not relevant I, oh. I don't know I think they're named after a pair of underpants so that tells you all you need to know about that stupid team um, so who's your favourite Nick currently I'll let, if you want to go Google the Knicks then I'll let you have some time you should be honest um, I'll go with Robinson. Literally, yeah, he's decent. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll like, begrudgingly give that. Yeah, he gives, he does, he does. Well, to be fair, he, he has to do a lot for the Knicks. So, <laughs> just turn up. I'll go. I'll go that. I'll go there. I'll go nice. And this one's from my guy Dexy. Thanks for Dexy. Uh, this one's a bit deeper. Going back to Kyrie. Obviously, it's a it's a net Celtics ex sort of IG live we're having. So we're going to talk about Kyrie a little bit more. 
Okay. Um, it's a little bit deep. Um, was Kyrie the reason the Celtics went from we're going to win it all to rebuilding in the space of two years? And a follow-up to that is since he's come out and said he was suffering a bit from sort of grieving for his granddad and stuff, um, does that change your opinion of his time in, in Boston? I think, obviously, what, okay, what, we, what people need to understand, right, is that, or what we don't understand sometimes and we forget is that they're human beings. We don't always remember, you know, we see them on the court and if they play rubbish, we absolutely hammer them. Like if they play amazing, we, we praise them and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So um, for how Kyrie left the Celtics, I think it was, I mean, I try not to swear. I'm trying not to swear, but... He's you don't just, want Carol from, P- from HR getting involved, mate. Uh, she, yeah, she got fired, mate. <laughs> Men. I wanted that on a t-shirt. I wanted that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, like Kyrie... <laughs> Kyrie wasn't necessarily the only reason that the Celtics were, they went downhill. It just wasn't like the injury to Gordon um, as well. That happened. And then obviously the following season, you know, we, we were, went to pot again. But um, I think it was just a locker room. I think it was the guys, it was all of those guys in that one locker room. And it got to a point where they just didn't get on. You know, they all had different ideas of how they wanted the team to be. Um, Brad was doing his best to, you know, wrap Kyrie in cotton wool because the guy's a bit of a wet flannel. I'm not going to lie. You think yes, flat. The, guy, the geezer's weird. But, <laughs> I, but to answer the question, honestly, I, I don't think he was the only reason. Um, I think there was quite a lot of factors to it. Um, but, like I said, the way he left the Celtics was not how you should leave an organisation, I don't think. No, I get that. I think, cause I think an underrated thing about the the whole change from the Celtics being who like that team to the kind of the young stars kind of coming through is Al Horford leaving at the same time. Do you think that was a big, a big deal too? Uh, so that you went a bit funny there, mate. Say that again. Sorry, mate. I just think uh, Al Horford leaving at the same time Kyrie did. I think that might have been a, a bit of another contributing factor that doesn't really get spoken about as much. I think, well, to be fair, the, the, the things which, so when Al left, every Celtics fan was like, no, like we can't, we can't lose Al because Al. What, what people got to understand, right? Al was with us for for a while, and he was he was a great player for the Celtics. He really was. And um, another member as well. When we when we got rid of Aaron Baines, a little bit off topic, but Aaron Baines and Al Horford. When we lost both of them at the same time, I, every Celtics fan wasn't fussed about Kyrie at that point. Everyone was like, "Right, see you later, mate. We've got loads of cap now, so we've." Who wants to be here? Who wants to play? Um, and I think, yeah, I think losing Al was a big was a big loss, and I think losing Aaron Baines as well was a big loss. So it was those two which I think most Celtics fans felt a little bit hard done by. Um, Marcus Morris as well. He was I enjoyed his time at Boston. Mm. Um, I should have really gone with him for the next version. I really, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I think Al Horford would. It was it was probably going into the next going into this season. I think that was the one thing which we were like, oh, are we going to be able to cope without him? Uh, we have done, but both of them. Not great. Nice. Okay, well that's all I got. So I'm going to wrap it up, but. Just while you're in it, like, what have you got sort of going on? Where can we find you on the socials? How can we, how can we see what you're putting out there? I know you're, you're kind of winding down with work coming back up, but how can people keep up with everything that the Boston Brits got going on? 
Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, which is at, at the Boston Brit. Pretty, pretty straightforward there. I mean, I'm on Twitch. Um, I'm going to start to try and Twitch as much as I can, really, um, especially leading up to the 2K21 release. So I'll be doing some stuff with 2K21 uh, and 2K UK. So make sure everyone uh, goes to have a little look at that when that comes up. Um, and now I've got a podcast as well. So uh, going solo on the pod now um, and my well basically we are i'm recording tonight with another guest and i'll just say it now it's um, adam lafondra who uh, ex premier league player now plays in sydney um and i've got one of his ex-teammates as the co-host so it's going to be quite a laugh I've got matt Connolly as co-host so yeah it's going to be going be really cool um but yeah that's kind of what i'm doing my graphics when the season starts up you're going to get my game graphics again and i have got a little hype video which is probably not gonna Sit well with any of your Brooklyn fans, but I mean, <laughs> I was going to watch a Celtics uh, hype video from a, from a, but still, yeah. So I, I'm just working on one of those at the moment as well. So yeah, wicked, it. awesome. Well, cool. I'll let you go. I just before you do that, I want to say a massive thank you because uh, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing without your kind words when this page got set up. So thank you very much. Um, you're smashing it. Obviously, you're the kind of the 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 person that everyone kind of wants to be uh, doing as well as so you're actually smashing it, your uh, credit to the NBA UK community. And thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and yeah, I'll let you get out of your hair, out of my hair. So uh, yeah, thanks very much for coming in. No worries, man. And like I said, like, you know, it's the same with goes to anyone. I mean, if you want, if anyone wants to ask me a question of how to do something or whatever, just drop me a DM, I will, I'll answer your question. Like, and like you said, you know, Having you guys, I mean, you've, you've done well coming into the community and, you know, you're starting your thing up and you're, you're smashing it, mate. So, I mean, it's it's great to have people to to talk to in the community and, and you know, everyone that's light-hearted, everyone has a bit of banter and but at the same time, everyone just, everyone's in it just because of the love of the game. So, I appreciate your kind words, man. And, yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Huge thanks again to Nathan for joining me. If you could rate, review and subscribe, I'd really appreciate it. But most importantly, tell your mates. You can get in touch on Twitter and Instagram at UK Nets fans or to the pod itself on Twitter at BK to UK pod. See you next time.